Welcome to the After Credits Podcast, where we talk about the movies and the TV shows you love, even if we don't exactly love them. In this episode, we'll take you to a galaxy far, far away with the latest installment to the Star Wars universe. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Alright guys, so what, are, what did we just watch? Rogue, Rogue One. One, right? What? Rogue One? Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One. Is it? Well, there is now. Rogue One. Pulling away. Pulling away. Yeah, so there is actually a Rogue One right now. Just in time, we just watched the midnight showing. Uh, Nigel, why don't you kick it off? All right, so um, so this is Nigel Aquino of the After Credits Podcast. Uh, joining me is... Franco Dajlet. And RJ Silverio. And we'll be doing uh, first impressions and analysis of the... Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the first expansion to the storyline in the Star Wars universe. Um, we'll be doing a spoiler-free segment, and uh, then after, after which we'll provide a timestamp when spoilers start coming in completely. Um, right. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, Franco, what was your like? What was your impressions of the movie right after? Right after just watching it. Oh, I really love the the movie. It appeals more to the hardcore Star Wars fans because there's a lot of lore in between episodes three and four, like that were addressed in like either the Clone Wars series or the Rebel series that really come into play. Uh, it has a darker theme, but it's still a bit lighthearted occasionally, and I really enjoyed it. The action scene was a big step up uh, as compared to Star Wars Episode Seven, and I really liked the direction of these one-off movies. Uh, RJ? Well, for standalone film, it really worked well. I mean, I was um, for a Star Wars film, you'd usually expect, you know, something in relation to the Skywalker family drama and, you know, the occasional lightsaber battles and all that. But, I mean... To make us to make a Star Wars film that focuses heavily on the war between the rebels and the Empire, I mean, it sounded a bit risky at first because I mean, it's it seems kind of dull um, when you first hear it. But when I watched the film, it just it worked. It worked very well, and um, yeah, I think it's. I think this film is a really great one. I really recommend it to all those um, hardcore Star Wars fans and also to those who would be interested in some good sci-fi films. What about you, Nigel? I'm going to echo the, these two opinions. This is probably one of the better Star Wars films I've ever seen. This includes the, pre- the prequels and the sequels and episode seven. Um, what, what I really liked about it is that it's a pretty big departure from the from the from the main movies one in terms of both theme and a lot of and the story that it chooses to tell that's true um we'll be talking about this a little more in our full spoiler podcast but i I, one of the biggest things i want to take away is that the theme is going to be really the theme of rogue one is very different from what you would usually find in uh regular star wars film mm-hmm. and in, in that way this is one of this makes it one of my favorites i really like i really like the world building that does the characters that that we follow throughout the story and uh honestly the, 
it's uh, I really recommend anyone who who's ever heard of Star Wars, which is pretty much everyone, to take a chance with this film. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is a standalone film, but what if you're going to like base it off a standalone film? What what lore do you have to know? Like just because they they're obviously talking about the Death Star and plans. The, the, uh, well, could you come into this movie without watching any other Star Wars movie? Let's say you're a kid, you're like a five year old kid. This is your first Star Wars movie. Like, yeah, could you relate to it? Honestly, it could work because the whole rebellion versus the evil empire is a pretty common storytelling trope. I mean, not for kids, but like for most adults, you would have heard of the un- of the underdog. Uh, underground uh, the underdog underground movement fighting against the evil government we see it a lot in people's histories we see we see we see we see a lot of it in other stories so you you'd be able to relate to it but honestly it, it it works a lot better if you know generally what the background of the story is why like we we it doesn't really explain to you why the empire why the empire is bad but you know it becomes pretty clear throughout the movie that it is. So it, it kind of hand, hand, hand holds the audience a little, ex- trying to explain the motivations of both sides. But like, really, I, uh, you don't really need to know a lot. And the really deep stuff, they don't really get, they don't really get into it. So I think it's very new, new, uh, new viewer friendly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they highlighted the emphasis on like the antagonist being the main antagonist being the Empire and the Death Star, like the fact that it could destroy cities in itself and eventually planets down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of the plot? Um, actually, wait before we start getting into the plot. Uh, at this point, this is the. F- are we going to start going into full spoilers now? Oh, okay, okay. Let's do a quick round round the uh, roundabout. Say, what are your spoiler-free reviews and mm-hmm. like? Do a like quick rating right now. Uh, okay, I think I'll, I'll go first then. I uh, definitely, definitely watch this in the cinema, and definitely, definitely watch it with like a with like a full screening because like I I can just imagine like a, a, a cinema full of Star Wars fans like just watching and building up the world that we've that they've loved for so long. Definitely going, give it a going it a nuts. Watch. Yeah, uh, RJ. Yeah, um, you just stuck the words right out of my mouth, man. Um, it's an enjo- um, it's a very enjoyable film. Uh, you need to go to a cinema to fully enjoy this film. All right, Franco. Yeah, well, I I came in like hoping it hoping this movie that could hoping that this movie could bridge the gap between three and four. And it really did, like especially the connection to episode four, how it perfectly times itself with the opening to episode four. It was really great. I loved that there weren't any great action sequences, like that are very um, memorable. But like the action was like really at a high pace, a high level throughout the movie, especially at like the second half of the movie when it's basically a really enjoyable like thriller action movie. Uh, the the storyline, the characters were... It was hard to develop all of the characters because this is a one-off movie. But they played the role well. And yeah, the, the writing was good. And the music, uh, the score was excellent. It might appear as overbearing to some people because it, it's, really, it's really one of the highlights there, especially in all the action scenes. 
all the drama scenes, all the memorable like uh, monologues in a way. The music and score is just there. John Williams did a good job. Who else was part of the music team, RJ? Michael Giacchino. He's mm. the guy who composed Doctor Strange, um, up, um, Pixar's Up, and surprisingly, Star Trek. Yeah, that, that, if there's one like 10 out of 10 category, it would be the score to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, uh, with the score being 10 out of 10, although I'd give the movie a solid 9, nine out of 10. Yeah, I'd probably give it an 8.5. Mm, yeah, 8 to 8.5 for me too. Yeah. Ah, with that, uh, if you don't want spoilers, tune out now. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, full spoilers. That's, I, I want to, let's start out with the plot. Um, I, I thought that it, it's a fairly original plot if you compare it to other Star Wars films. But it's also, because it's also kind of a war drama, uh, a war drama slash spy film. It kind of hits a lot of the familiar beats. If you've seen a lot of those other, if you've seen a lot of those other types of movies, what do you guys think? Uh, do you think it was fairly predictable or like a completely original take? It wouldn't be fair to say it was a predictable film. I mean, if okay. you listen to the high podcast, I predicted the ending. Yeah, but that's almost which exactly. Was it? Yeah. Everyone's gonna fucking die. Just yeah, yeah. But just in case people haven't seen the high podcast, I mean, no, yeah, that, that. you know, you know the en- you know the ending, but you don't particularly know like the journey going towards the ending. It's like okay, you know that they're gonna transmit, they're gonna transmit the Death Star, Death Star plans. Mm-hmm. They're going to, um, well, as you can see, as you said. Um, they will they, they have a heroic last stand yeah they have a heroic last stand which could eventually lead to their death deaths um so yeah you could say that's the predictable part but in terms of the whole plot itself it's original it's something um you wouldn't expect to have happened because yeah i mean okay maybe predictable is the wrong word tropey definitely tropey yeah the the crim- the the rogue the rogue the uh, Jen Erso is like the she's kind of like the character who doesn't initially believe in the rebellion is using it for her own ends but then suddenly Mm -hmm. believes in it afterwards it's a fairly common trope in rebellion movies there's the heart bitten like veteran who's like who suddenly believes in the hope that the rogue character represents you know it is fairly there's also the the German scientist that's held captive by the evil Nazis. Oh, well, he's not. God. He's Danish. Actually. He is Danish, but that, you know. But you know, it's uh, Germanic it peoples. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if it's in the. Yeah. But story. you know, that is a fair. Uh, if you. I've, I've read a lot of like analysis of the Star Wars films. Tropes are kind of their bread and butter. Like yeah. Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. is the walking hero trope but they they always they always succeed in like trying to subvert it a little mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it's introducing some familiarity mm-hmm. in characters for the audience yeah and then of course there's the twist every now and then mm-hmm. especially with you know episode five oh, yeah. oh, the main bad guy being the father of the hero yeah, you never like you never actually see that. Were there um, any unexpected twists in this movie? No. Mm. Think of one. I, I can't think of any. Yeah, it pretty much everything predictably happened. 
Like everything logically happened in the correct order. It's not really yeah, a twist. There were only think there very were minor twists that like kind of got me off guard. Like, uh, what's that robot's name again? K2SO. In the very one of the very early scenes, the robot dies. That's, that's not really that's, a that twist. Like, that's more like a. It was like a whoa. It's a joke. Yeah, it's yeah. a little, small twist in a way. Like. You kind of you kind of thought you got you died, the main one of the main characters died in like the yeah. first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, well, I was expecting uh, who's that captain? Cassian uh, Andor. Yeah, I was expecting Captain Andor to eventually kill the father, not through a sniper rifle, but through another means. Technically, he did. Yeah, hmm. it's kind of funny how the rebellion killed him. The yeah, rebels killed him. Yeah. I mean, that that was their goal at the time. Anyway. Uh, Okay, but in connection to that, it's also fairly predictable in that we know how, like, as you said, the journey is important, but we, the ending is also fairly important. We know what the ending of this is. Yeah, was. we know what the ending is. Do you think this hurt or helped the film? Like, do you think it, it, it added too many constraints to the storytelling? Or do you think it let them, like, be more creative under those constraints? I think it um in some way, it helped. Mm-hmm. Because you're um, okay, it's good that they had constraints because they know the direction of where their story is going. From there, they know which um, how the characters have to develop and you know eventually you know lead to their supposed destinies mm-hmm. of dying. So they and they don't like they don't meander around too much. Yeah, they don't like well. If you look at it as a standalone, as a standalone film, yes, they leave a lasting impression mm. in that film. But if you try to, um, if they tried to make it seem like you know they wanted to make the characters so lasting to the audience that you know you'd expect them to be in another film, I mean that's where they would have gone wrong with um, this, like this, the whole film, the whole story of it. And I think with the story itself, um, I th- I think it f- it went fairly well. Yeah, I, actually, I kind of agree. I I, I mean, I said it's fairly predictable, but it that doesn't take away I, that I think it's a pretty good plot. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's like it's tight. It doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't try to be more than what it is. Mm-hmm. It like it's focused. It, it, the characters all have goals to do mm-hmm. and like aren't like just doing whatever mm-hmm. they all they're all trying to do this one thing and they do do it they just most of them die yeah i mean there's the freedom of it i mean of course you'd expect that maybe since uh well it's a well you could technically say it's a disney film maybe it could have a light-hearted ending but apparently no they killed him off i mean there's the little bit of freedom of it i mean, I mean they could have given the chance to make them live and then just, you know, put them in the background of, like, in future films, like you could say. I mean, it's not really a Disney film. I mean, Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns like, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, like they also have dark, dark movies yeah, the, under yeah, their like, umbrella. Th- there is the trailer right before this movie where, like, they just kill Lightning Queen. Not that's, really. That's no, like, maybe, no, I wouldn't say kill. Seriously, like, meme? Um, yeah, probably meme. You but, okay, that's, that's another movie yeah, altogether. Yeah, but going back, like, it's hard... Well, the point of this movie is like to really connect like three and four together. And I believe it does that. Mm-hmm. One thing that it could improve on is that 
uh, knowing that these characters are mostly one-offs. Other uh, likable, but not like emotionally relatable. You kind of know that what their fate is. It's kind of hoping that uh, you're kind of expecting them to die. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like it was hard to relate emotionally with any character. Like all of the characters are likable. There was no mm-hmm. one that was unlikable. Like, yeah, there was no one that was unlikable, but not like really, really likable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. like moving on. Let's talk about the characters a little more because they're kind of, aside from plot, they're kind of the heart of this movie. In my opinion, mm-hmm. so let's talk about let's say the talk about the two main leads, uh, Jin Erso and Cash and Ander. Let's start with Jin, who's played by Felicity Jones. She is the daughter of Galen Erso, one of the uh, one of the lead scientists, lead engineers in charge of constructing the Death Star. What, what did you guys think of her? Uh, she did a good job. Like there weren't any, I didn't see any flaws in her acting in her character um, in her script in any way. Uh, although uh, they could have emphasized her like initial hate for both sides a bit more, mm-hmm. and like how like and eventually that turning point could have been a sharper turn in a way, like where she could have been more infatuated with the rebellion side, rebellious side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing. Although like her action sequence were good. Um, I just yeah. remembered we didn't see one of the iconic lines in the trailer. Which one? I like the rebel. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that wasn't in the film. That was a great. This scene. is a rebellion after all. Actually, it's kind of like a new. It's kind of like a new thing with trailers nowadays. It's like they present um, these clips um, in the trailers. They're like, oh wow, that's kind of catchy. But then when you see the film, it's not even there. You'll actually see this in common with uh, with well, n- not 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 about editing, but like actually, it is about editing. Throughout the movie, it seems to be missing a lot of scenes that would have developed the character more. Like, like you know how I said that story was focused? I think it was a little too focused at times because we're just basically seeing them do stuff. We don't really always know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know the general reason why Jin Erso wants to find her father. Jalen Erso wants to find the father to kill him. Um, but like... Uh, we don't know like their character motivations, like why the why the, why is Cassian under part of the rebellion? Why isn't Jin Erso part of the rebellion? We don't really see any of that. But like you know, I, I'm not entirely sure if that's just because. How long was the movie? Two hours. Two hours, Two hours fifteen. Two hours fifteen. It's already a really long movie. Yeah, I I think that the reason why. Maybe it goes back to the idea that they're not supposed to be something you should be overly attached to as characters. But like, then what's the point? If you're not overly attached to them, it doesn't really matter. They I die. mean, you know, that's the thing. I mean, they gave just enough to make them seem like they are. I mean, I, I, well, okay, just, I disagree in that it's not enough. The, mm-hmm. Because this makes them all really flat and boring. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're likable, sure, but like, they they all when they all died, they didn't really feel anything. So that's kind of the opposite. That's kind of the opposite thing of what you want when you when you kill a character. You want the audience to feel something for that character. All right. I mean, you you see some of it. Yeah. I guess. Did you feel bad for any of the characters' deaths? Uh, well, in that they died, yeah. Mm. But like, they all kind of died in service to the plot. Which is, mm-hmm. I guess, that's fine. true. But mm-hmm. yeah, like like like, Ka- like take Cash and Andor, 
for mm-hmm. example. He's probably my favorite character in the film because mm-hmm. he's just cool. What? I've always liked the the spy master character who's like who's the who's the who's the main guy in the organization who's like who's finding out the information and he's like he's capable and stuff. He's like the the soldier the yeah. the most the most capable soldier that they have. They introduce him as a cold-hearted guy like the yeah. fact that he was able to he killed like this random civilian that was like just worried about the empire. He's not no, the, he, he wasn't the a informant. random civilian. He was like the he's contact. The, he's, he's this informant. Yeah. Yeah, he killed the informant right away. Because he can't escape with him and if he leaves him there, he's gonna talk. Yeah. He's gonna like, that's not normally like what, what would happen. Like if he wasn't cold-hearted, he'd like try to escape with him and they both fail or something. Yeah, but that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that really set, he sets the tone. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah. 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 With well, like, street, well, you can say street smart in a sense, you know. Well, well trained, well trained, well, and trained. well trained in the art of deception and all that kind yeah. of jazz. And the the service to the greater good, mm-hmm. 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 which makes him not unlike a stormtrooper, which we see Jin say to him. Yeah. 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 But like other than that, you know, what do you like? What do we know about them? Other than he's a, he's been a soldier in the rebellion since he was six. Yeah, like we were hoping it would be like Biggs. What? That, like, there's a twist in the end that you know he's actually Biggs. He's actually something. Biggs, or like you know, but it's really a standalone film. So there's very little connections to any of the movies. Although there are some connections to the rebels. No, are you there talking is... about the ghost? No. Uh, well, it's a it's a super small cameo. I'm talking about the hammerhead. The hammerhead. Oh yeah. Are, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. From rebels. Uh, actually, you no, know, it goes way back to the old republic. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's just crazy. Like it's great to see how they made that canon, though. Yeah. What? Well, okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, well, a couple of the more important side characters. Uh, there are the two Chinese characters in the film. Well, they're not Chinese Chinese, but they're they're paid by Chinese actors. Uh, it would be Shiro Chiwen, played the, by Donnie Yen, who is a blind. The blind, monk, the blind monk who is, believes in the force yeah. so much. And Baze Malbus, his assassin bodyguard, with the with the coolest gun I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. It's actually different. It almost reminds me of the actually it reminds me of like that thing where um you know the Knights of Ren, right? One of them had the gun, like something of that nature. I, I mean, we're okay. Fine, we're going into like speculation territory. Yeah, specu- okay, but uh, what do you guys think of them? Uh, uh, how I saw Church Ch- in way, it's almost felt like com- comedic relief in some sense. And there, there's like a little spat of wisdom. He's witty. He's a witty yeah. guy. Um, I don't know. Uh, Coolest guy in the film. He he gives the action sequences, but I mean beyond that. Beyond that, oh, I, I, uh, they're not super memorable though. Mm-hmm. I, I disagree. Martial arts in yeah. Star Wars is the first time we've seen that. That's amazing. I've what he did before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, like the standard for him was Ip Man, like him versus. Yeah. He's ben. got like amazing. Yeah, but, but the movie isn't but about in, him. Yeah, but he did but, his part. Yeah, but in context with the film, I mean, it's somewhat memorable. Yeah. I mean, also that's a, strangely, a uh, homosexual storyline. How how would you say so? Wait, what? The 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 ending. They're clearly lovers. Him and his... Him and his bodyguard. What did you think that was? They're just bros? Or like, you know... You don't do that to your bro. You do that to your lover. That's um, stretching it. But okay, fine, 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 fine. Is that 
cradling the the man that you love in your arms. That's pretty that's, romantic. That's very stereotypical. Of a romantic storyline. Not really, man. No. It's not. It's, what do you mean? Not it's, really. It's like, How uh, often does that happen? Can't you can can't you just say it's like brotherhood? Yeah. Why can't you say that it's homosexual? It's not homosexual. Why isn't it? No, wait. I I kind of side with Nigel on this because it's fine. Disney and because it's 2016. Yeah. They're trying to be progressive. Okay, fine. Also, you like, can't say that's not really a, a like cradling in your arms. That's not really something you do. What, what unless you're going to suggest a romantic connection or Tropic Thunder? And that was also kind of homoerotic. You're my brother. You're my brother. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's go with the homosexual trope. Uh, <laughs> Is it anyway, really a trope? It's not that common. Fine, let's just say it's a homosexual thing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Jesus, guys, why, why, why do we have to bring that up? I mean... Why not? It's, nah, it's fair. It's but we, fair. Can, we can move on to the next It's going to be the most common thing to talk about. Okay, uh, all right. Let's talk about the other... Let's talk about the antagonist, Orson Krennic. Kind of unmemorable. Mm. Yeah, he gets stepped on a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with Darth Vader. He's the bug. Darth the bug, Va- the Darth bug Va- villain. Darth yeah. Vader steps on it. Tarkin steps on it a lot. Dude, Tarkin yeah. was awesome. I mean, he tried his best to be menacing through uh, with the other characters, but you know, he always gets um, overpowered at some point. Because frankly, there are people better than him. Yeah, yeah. he just acts like he's this um, superior character over people. You know, with all his bodyguards and stuff. But in reality, you know, he can stand up for himself. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, they try to sell the fact that he's really underappreciated. Well, it's hard to do that because he really... The you movie didn't show him doing any work. Yeah. They mm-hmm. just showed him, like, getting the scientists to help him. Giving orders. Yeah, giving orders and the like. Yeah. Well, he's he found a scientist. Like, that's, that's a good part. Yeah. He's not really... He's not even really yeah. a scientist. He just... It's his pet project, but he's not really doing yeah. anything for it's it. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny, though. Like, he's always trying to, like, look... The, look like look like a powerful person. Like he has the the white cape mm-hmm. and the white the white uh, outfit. Well, Tarkin has the very simple imperial officer outfit. But then when they introduce Tarkin, like Tarkin's aura is just like right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because um, well, I guess in in a sense, it's because Tarkin is a known character yeah. in the Star Wars universe, and he's and, great in Rebels and mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, okay. Uh, Bodhi Rook and K2SO. Bodhi Rook's the Imperial pilot who deserted and brought the information of the Death Star. He's kind of there. Yeah, it's a yeah. filler of sorts. He's a plot point. He's a filler. Um, K2SO, comic relief. Yeah. Pretty great comic relief, though. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Tudyk voiced him. He's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's, it? Who's that again? Alan Tudyk. Um, I, unless you're like a nerd, you don't know him. I was thinking yeah. it was... It sounded kind of like Jarvis. Who? Uh, oh, Paul Bettany? No. Oh, uh, he's not Paul Bettany. But like Alan Tudyk's pretty... He's very prolific. Is he also British? He, um, he's no, not he's British. A, he's American. American. He's oh. a pretty prolific in like... A lot uh, of sci-fi shows. A lot of sci-fi shows. Most, like, the most famous... Well, among nerd circles, the most famous one he's been in is like... Uh, the Joss Whedon TV shows. Um, Ooh. Dollhouse and Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Okay. Yeah. He was there. He's also voiced a lot of characters, but like none of them really come up to mind. But just, I, 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 I follow Alan Tudyk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, K2O was really nice. Like he had uh, one of the more memorable action sequences. More, more memorable deaths too. Yeah, yeah. sadly, like 
He went down like a soldier. Oh man, yeah. Like uh, Leonidas or something. Actually, let's talk about fucking deaths. The final deaths of of Cashin and Jin. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, no, the, the, there was a romance thing. I no, that's know. not it. I mean that they died from a simple explosion when they already won. I I don't know. That just doesn't sit well with me. But then mm-hmm. I just don't like um, it. What what were you thinking of? Like what kind of death know. were you I hoping? An, I have an idea for the death. They they find the bunker that reminisces uh, how Jin escaped the the first Imperials. Mm. And either way, they're gonna die. But like, it's yeah. kind of sentimental. Yeah. If they like go down that the ladder, work. that and could work. The that could work. Or I don't know. Or I would have preferred them having. To, they had to be, be like there when they were sending the information. They had like they had to like hold the switch, and they had like a hero heroic last stand there. Yeah. But like sitting at the beach watching their death come for them. I don't know. It just doesn't. They were playing the exact same music as uh, episode two with. <laughs> With Padme and Anakin, really. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the, this is the romance they're shipping." But it, I don't know. Like they are kind. It's not. It's a little bit forced, but not annoyingly forced. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they were due for a romance. Like there's been so, I think yeah. so many times. Ten- like, so no, much the Star Wars points. No, no, no. The Star Wars, the Star Wars uh, series was due for at least one. I mean, there's there, there's, there's a lot. lot. There's no, a they, there weren't any in Episode Seven. Yeah, like romantic I mean, points. People would dis- A lot of people would disagree with you. I mean, like yeah. cute, like like hugging. Gray and thin. People would still disagree. Gray and thin. God, man. No, it's no. Not, you know what's what's popular? What? What? what Finn. Kylo Ren and Ray. I don't know why. Oh my God. But it's no, they a didn't thing. play the episode two. No, music. if there's, if like there's the... a plot twist there that they're actually related, you're you're. Oh, this is gonna be some Game of Thrones shit, man. Well, it's more. Uh, Star Wars shit too. Oh my gosh, that doesn't sound really fine. No, what? What? They, because they, they, Luke what, and Leia look at Leia totally kissed in Episode Five. No, it, they didn't it, play the romantic music. That's why, like, they did that in yes. this movie. So I'm like, oh, they're, uh, they're wait, guys, guys, we're getting away ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I will say though, this puts a coffin. This puts a na- final nail in the coffin of the fucking Knights of Ram theory. <laughs> it doesn't make it would. Uh, it can, can you give yeah. a brief background? On brief the background. Uh, the the members of Rogue One are. Are like supposedly ca- are supposedly captured and then genetically genetically and cybernetically modified to become the Knights of Ren. Knights of Ren. This it does it wouldn't make sense more because they would have been reduced to dust. Yeah, one of the yeah. main theories that like made people believe it was that uh, the the weapon choices of yeah, these like, Rogue One members are the same as the ones of the Knights of Ren. Yeah, there's a guy with like a mach- the heavy machine gun, the one that looks like a monk. And then yeah, so and so forth. I mean, well, in that ta- in ta- in the time frame sense, it, could, it, 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 it doesn't would, really make sense. Yeah, it doesn't if make sense. If they were ghosts, and that's force apparitions or something. What force apparitions that would take force apparitions into can't uh, affect the physical world? Yeah, I, I, well, we've never seen them. Do well, it. in Star Wars Rebels, the latest episode, uh, there are the Night Sisters that can take over bodies. Mm, that's true. Yeah, so sure. the spirits could still live, but yeah, there are no bodies. <laughs> Mm. But okay, uh, let's move on a little. Um, actually, j- let's just talk a little about Jet, uh, Jet, Jeta, 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 Jeta. The yeah. first, the first world they they go to after Yavin Four. Mm. It's actually a pretty cool. Like, it's kind of like fr- it's a city. It's a planet where the L- Jedi used to go to. Used to go to, and it has the location of one of the one of the temples of. 
one of the holy temples of the old Jedi Order, mm-hmm. yeah. and of which um, uh, Chirut Imwe was a former guardian. I, I think it's just really cool that we see how um, people outside of the Order of the Jedi think about the Force. Uh, also, like we we see this a lot in the in the Alliance. Like the phrase "May the Fourth be with you" is apparently really common, which is weird because the Force isn't really that. We we don't really know a lot about the how people outside of the Jedi and Sith look at the Force. Mm-hmm. And here we see people treated like how we treat God, like a Force within the universe. Yeah. Well, most of the rebels were Jedi allies to the Jedi Order in a way. Mm-hmm. So really. a lot of them were at least affected by him, like especially like Bail Organa in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then um, they're trying well, in the Rebel series. They're they really hinted a lot that Obi Wan will be in the next uh, episodes leading up to the episodes after Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So Obi Wan still could have a presence in the Rebel and scene. Could you remind me what what's the timeline of Rogue One? Rogue. Like how many years after Episode Three? After episode three, that's at least twenty years or something. Twenty thirty years. Yeah, twenty thirty. Yeah. No, it's like twenty years because uh, Luke is like twenty ish in episode four. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it would be around twenty ish years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I had. <laughs> that's all I was wondering. Yeah, RJ had something. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh. uh well, we well, before we uh, uh, well actually the only thing I was sort of disappointed with was uh, 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 well, with Jeddah being the um, home of the old Jedi Order and all that. I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, something in relation to the lore of it, like maybe just a little bit of. Um, wait, did um, Chirrut Imway say anything about the planet? Like, did he say anything about... He's most talking about the Force. Yeah, and how about, the Force yeah. is with him, and he's with him, one with yeah, the Force. I mean, maybe there could have been, like, some sort of explanation about how the planet was... I think they were consciously trying to stay away from references to Jedi, since none of them are Jedi, so none of, yeah. the, none of it applies yeah. to True, them. but, I mean, with Chirrut Imwe being a believer of the Force, he might have some idea of what the Jedi's but were. Yeah, and, but like, and then you know, being in the planet where the first Je- um, Jedi, well, order was established, he could have had something like. Yeah, in, but then how would that serve the main plot? Well, it's more of just like something to add to his knowledge of the Force. Yeah, I, I, that would be nice to have, but like again, that's screen time away from the plot. Pretty much, and um, that's what his character is. That is true. That is true. You could take out. Well, if you took out this character, you wouldn't see a laser bow shot that took down a yeah. TIE fighter that, that destroyed an iron cat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so cool, but so pointless. Yep. Okay. Uh, before, uh, like, wrapping up, I just kind of want to talk about the themes of this movie in general in comparison to, say, the rest of the Star Wars franchise. There's, like... A lot, a lot. When I, when a lot, whenever I talk about, whenever I talk to people about Star Wars, it's not. People keep saying it's science fiction. It's mm-hmm. not really science fiction. At least hard science fiction. Mm-hmm. It's far more. It has far more in common with fantasy tropes and cow and wild west and wild west stories than it has to science fiction. Because yeah. I mean, other than space. It has magic. It has swords. Yeah. It has armies. 
it has a, it, it's about the hero's journey trying to save the world from this evil empire. Yeah, it's 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 pretty close to space fantasy throughout all the main films. Except episodes one to three became more of a political drama, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, while this movie, it's it's pretty much the epitome of what would Saving Private Ryan look like if it was a in Star space, Wars. if it yeah. was a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you know, what, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, it really had that Saving Private Ryan moment, especially when they invaded uh, when the rebels attacked. What's it? Uh, Planet Sorry, I think. Sorry. Oh, we should we should we forgot to talk about that. That was an amazing yeah third act. Mm-hmm. That was a great third. Yeah, it was like, a great third. Act. The I'm really happy that they involved uh, the space battles. Like the, oh yeah, one of the, the thing that caught my eye when I was a kid watching Star Wars was the the, the initial rebel scene. Uh, the the space battle with the Tie Fighters, the X wings, Y wings, and the Death Star. Uh, this had really a lot of good moments. Yeah, they outdid themselves with the space battle. Actually, honestly, I, I, I like the ground combat a lot more. Really? Yeah. Although that's just because I like I like watching people fight rather than ships. Uh, I've seen a lot of movies where there's a lot of ground combat, so it kind of felt like repetitive to me. But like the space battles are really good, especially. It was a huge expansion from the usual. Um, when you think about the fights in the previous Star Wars films, it's just like you know, it's focused on. It just focused on, let's say, okay, there, this target, here's the team, go at it. But when you see this, there's like so many objectives happening in that fight. Like mm, you see yeah. the space, the space battle happening, and then you see this group of the squadron of, of what wings? Um, X wings. X wings just go into the planet and try to make as much damage as they can. They they, they so, have to cover the yeah. ground yeah. So, with uh, from air support. The, they have to destroy the. Space rain, or to take down the shield, mm-hmm. uh, they have to, they have to take out both star destroyers. It's gonna destroy the rest. Yeah, the, the, taking out both star destroyers was the highlight of the space. Yeah. Dude, that was so cool. The, fact, yeah. the way they use their proton torpedoes to destroy and uh, and to disable, to disable the engine, and then, then use they, the hammerhead ship to just power literally through. push them into each other. Yeah. Ah, oh, that was so cool. Yeah. That shit is. I, I like the planet of Sari. I like mm-hmm. I like how it. Um, so cool, yeah. like yeah, jungle it's beach. beach. It's a jungle beach planet. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the planetary shield was really well established there. Mm-hmm. It kind of like uh, they didn't really establish it too much in Episode Six because mm-hmm. not enough CG in a way. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, like it's also a lot darker than the mm. other films, but not too dark though. Mm. Not too dark, but. Way darker than yeah. say even even episode seven. Yeah, yeah, because like death is they killed everyone. Yeah, and literally well, everyone. In the would mind. you say it's darker than episode three? Episode Wait, three, ex- Executive Order sixty six. Oh yeah, they killed kids in that. Yeah, they yeah, killed kids. Killed that. kids. That was, that was Anakin like, said, "I hate you." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> really, Franco. It was very on, emotional. Man. In the context you. of the relationship between Anakin and Obi Wan, yeah, but I mean, but, yeah. Like, yeah. but uh, although Episode Seven had a, the darkest moment, mm. uh, uh, where like Han Solo died, it's it was like, really sad. Like the hands a lot of his... people were like really sad about that. Like I don't know when someone died. Mm. Or something bad happened, people got sad. Because, I don't know, Han Solo was there for like seven, epi- seven episodes. So, mm. And these guys were just here for one. 
Mm-hmm. It would have been sad if, like, I don't know, like, maybe hypothetically, if, like, uh, Admiral Akbar died, but then they replaced him with another Mon Calamari. Yeah, things like that. It's just that even then, if you're going to... I'm not a fan of killing someone just to kill someone. If you're going to kill someone, make it impactful. Yeah. And Han Solo, definitely impactful to both the viewers and to the story. That's true. Mm-hmm. Admiral Akbar, while he's a very important and he's a fan favorite, he's just an admiral. Yeah. Easily but he has, he has a big backstory in like the Clone Wars. He does, but like, who knows it? Also, is it even canon anymore? It's canon. It's oh, canon. wait, this is, it's the new Clone Wars. Yeah, Clone uh, Wars. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Mm, well, yeah, yeah, in, in general. So, like, okay, um, now that we've, we've finished talking fully, let, let's talk about, like, full, like, final recommendations with full of spoilers. Like, give me your final recommendation, your favorite part of the movie, and, like, what score you would give it. Uh, Franco, you go first. All right, final recommendation. I'd say it's a great movie for hardcore Star Wars fans. Not the best movie for like casual fans in a way. Like you, I could you could say Episode Seven is a better movie in that perspective. But uh, as a hardcore Star Wars fan, I really like that. I really like the ties to the Rebels, to the Clone Wars, uh, with Saw Gerrera in a, with Saw Gerrera and like the the Hammerheads and from Rebels. Uh, it tied up perfectly with Episode Four, the start of Episode Four. It did this role, and I will stick to my nine out of ten. Uh, favorite scene would be obviously the entire space battle because that's something I was really missing. Yeah. Um, recommendation. Uh, yeah, just um, go in, watch the film, enjoy. That's it. I don't have anything much to say because uh, it's a sci-fi film. I mean, if you don't like sci-fi, then it really isn't for you. Um, favorite scene? Uh, you guys overlooked this one though. That Darth Vader scene though at the end. Oh, <laughs> he, he, the, he was savage on those rebels, man. I mean, it was very different from you know the episodes four to six um, Darth Vader fight scenes. I feel bad for saying this though. His mask looks stupid. Yeah, it's, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a preference. His voice, voice wasn't uh, on point, though. But yeah, I mean, the action the, scene, the, the second time you see Darth Vader, it's really yeah, that was yeah. like you, um, for once you'd see Darth Vader using using well yeah. lightsaber, obviously yeah. for like slashing and hacking his enemies. But I saw that was the first time I ever saw Darth Vader in live action using the Force during a lightsaber fight. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was crazy, and I'm like. Yeah, that was in the power. Yeah, that was power. power. That's video game Darth Vader. Yep. And he was really savage. Did you guys savage. ever play Star Wars The Force Unleashed? Which oh, is that, apparently... That's, that's too video gamey. Yeah. But it's so cool. Well, you'd wish they put it in the in a film someday? Oh, yeah. I like Starkiller. Yeah, it's Star canon, right? No, 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 it's not. It's not. But, oh, okay, okay. As far as I know, it's not. Okay, we're... Um, final, final score, I'd... Fine, I'll put it to a solid 8.5 out of 10. Nigel. Uh, final recommendation. Uh, definitely try to watch this in the cinema. It's it's this. It's one of the more cinematic films of the year. That it really would do the film a disservice if you don't see it on a massive screen in a theater. Um, it's a must watch for Star Wars Star Wars fans. 
I, I don't really think I need to tell Star Wars fans that. Um, but also definitely a, uh, a good jumping off point for, ah, uh, well, maybe not of the best jumping off point for a new viewer, but pretty, that really viewer friendly in that you don't need to know a huge amount of the lore to understand it. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty enjoyable film just by itself. Right. Um, my favorite moment though, I think was probably whenever Jin Erso, like scenes between Jin Erso and uh, Gelan Erso, because I I really like I really like the dynamic between Felicity Jones and Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's one of the more it's one of the more genuine relationships that I can see. Well, that got, doesn't really seem shoehorned. You got two yeah. terrific actors for the, it. Yeah, definitely. They're like it was so natural. For Are they me. the highest paid? Probably, most likely. In the cast, yeah, probably. Oh, Forrest Whitaker might be. No, for the roles, of course. For the for the roles, but like Forrest Whitaker commands a pretty high pay roll. Mm-hmm. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, but like yeah, definitely. Those are the those three are the most high profile actors on this. I don't know about Diego Luna, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your score? My score? I'm sticking with my 8.5. Yes. All right. With that, guys, I would like to thank you uh, for listening to our After Credits uh, Star Wars premiere podcast. Uh, be sure to check us out on www.aftercreditspodcast.com. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, check us Check our other podcasts like uh, my sports podcast at www.quicktakepodcast.com where we did, we're going to do some NBA episodes later on. Uh, yeah, uh, we're probably going to keep this in as one podcast. Uh, be sure, we'll leave a note on when the spoilers start happening around like the 12, 13 minute mark. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for this. We'll probably do another podcast where we talk about the best movies for 2016. And with that, guys, I would like to say thanks for listening again. Uh, I'm Franco Dajlet. I'm Nigel Aquino. And I'm Marjorie Silveria. And thanks again for listening to the After Credits Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy Star Wars Rogue One. May the Force be with you. Cheers. Peace.